We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Visa and Pepsi. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker and Blue Wire creator and CEO Kevin Jones. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Oh, man. It's the balloon. The air is out of the balloon. <laughs> it is. It almost feels like Jimmy G when he tore his ACL a couple of years back. You know, when we're going to talk about all the injuries, of course. I do see a path forward. We're about to be negative for a while and kind of review what happened. But I do see a path forward where this team can be a wild card and be injury riddled and still use Kyle Shannon and figure it out. But today was a bloodbath. It was... It was ugly, um, and, and it was just sad to see Nick Bosa go down, really. Uh, all the injuries hurt the most, but it looks like his is the most serious. Croc. Yeah, I mean, tough. Just tough t- tough game. You know, you, you would think that, you know, everyone's spirits would be higher after, you know, coming off of a loss like last week where, like, man, 49ers play like crap and really still should have won, I felt. And, and then you have a game where you play extremely well on both sides of the ball, but you lose – you know, your your guys. And and that had been the thing I, I touched on previously. 49ers were having guys that were banged up, but it was, you know, Tavon Austin, J.J. Nelson. You know, guys where it's like, okay, like, 
you can play without him, but now when you start talking about Garoppolo, Mostert, George Kittle, Nick Bosa, like, you know, even reserve guys like Solomon Thomas who have been playing more of a role, that's just – it's tough to, to come back from, man. It, they, they, but on the positive note, and you want to take these things one game at a time, but the next three opponents are all 0-2. So I, I guess if you have any chance to kind of, you know, patch something together here and, you know, just, hey, let's go – Two and two, win two out of three of the next games. I, yeah, I think this is shaping out. But Rob, hold on. Let's recap every injury real quick. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Let's, let's just get all this out there to get the information. But Croc, I'm with you. And before we we get too far ahead, Rob, hit us with the full list from the Jets game. Okay. So here's how I'm going to approach this. I'm gonna I'm gonna approach this from a perspective of of I'll hit the Jets injuries first. But then I'm also going to list off all of these starters that the 49ers are going to be without moving forward. So just kind of like so we can get all the injury stuff up front. So right now, as far as the Jets game goes, okay, Nick Bosa went down. Uh, the 49ers suspect that he has a torn ACL. Two, one play, two plays later, Solomon Thomas, also a defensive lineman, also goes down. The 49ers suspect... He also has a torn ACL. They're not as as clear on that, but that's kind of uh, the suspicion right now. Um, and then Raheem Mostert also went into the locker room early, just before halftime. Uh, he did not play for the rest of the game, and he has an, an MCL sprain. Um, he's feeling okay. It's just a matter of if the MRI reveals anything more significant, because that will also tell you the kind of the the severity of the strain. Because depending on the severity, could you know drastically changes the time. And then in addition to those three, you also have one Jimmy Garoppolo who um, they're calling a, a high ankle sprain, which the uh, recovery from a high ankle sprain varies all over the place. They could last, they could last a month. They could last two months because you're actually like, like tearing the muscle away from the bone. It like at the higher part of your ankle, it's pretty brutal, but for a quarterback um, that, especially one like Jimmy Garoppolo, whose mobility isn't necessarily like a cornerstone of his game. Maybe he, you know, he's kind of like, they haven't necessarily ruled him out, but he's not expected to play next week. And, you know, maybe he comes back after that, which for a high ankle sprain would be really quick. And then obviously, in addition to those four, those were the huge injuries from the game. You had D Ford who was ruled out before the game. Um, with like neck issues, neck spasms, they're keeping a close eye on it. It seems kind of precarious. Um, Richard Sherman went on injured reserve this week uh, with uh, like a calf strain. He's gonna he has to be out for three weeks. Uh, George Kittle missed this week. He, they spent all week kind of talking about the fact that he kind of expected to play, but he wasn't going to practice, and then they ruled him out anyways. He has an MCL strain. And they're kind of he's kind of on the fence for next week as well. But given the fact that they're going to play on the same field next week, it would not surprise me at all if George Kittle wasn't there. Um, Debo Samuel, I believe next week is the last week he has to miss um, because we, we, he's been we need on- to get a medical expert on here. I mean this this is unbelievable. <laughs> this is yeah. really, this this should not be happening, um, and it's it's really actually scary. And I, I guess after the game, a lot of people were complaining about the MetLife turf, which we'll get into. But, you know, you talk about unlucky and last season, how crazy was this team made the Super Bowl? They were mostly healthy. They did have Quan Alexander and a couple of injuries, but your your season can change in a blink of an eye in the NFL. And you 
I think you saw it happen to the 49ers today. They're lucky they have an amazing head coach and a lot of talent. I think this run game is going to be able to take them pretty far. But today was a day where you kind of realized, wait a second, I don't think this full team is going to be on the field together this season. And it's the depth is is semi there across the, the board. You, you've got you got some depth, but um, not I don't think enough um, to to really overcome all this. But hey, there are some guys that stepped in for both, so you, you know new stars will will always pop up. But I would say, Rob, I'm it's it sucks to be a football fan a day like today. You win thirty one six, but you feel like you just you have like vomit on you as a fan. Like this isn't this doesn't feel good. Um, and I, you know, they're such key players. I just don't know the path forward for, you know, to, to rev back up and be excited. You you heard the players in the press conferences, Rob. Everyone is disheartened. Right. Nobody, I mean, they just blew out a team. You know, they got their first win of the season and nobody seemed excited whatsoever. You know, like obviously there was a few questions that maybe revolved around a positive aspect of, you know, their game, but everybody was just, it, it every, the press conferences felt like a loss. You know, every, every single one of them, if you were kind of ignoring some of the questions, they just felt like the 49ers lost. And I, I, I'm sure in a lot of their minds, they did, you know, they, they lost some, they would have gladly have rather have lost the jets and keep all of those guys than to go through what they went through. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's brutal. And, and like I said, it, that press conference, it just felt like the 49ers lost. I mean, moving forward, I mean, like you you guys heard me last time. We had our last week's reaction after they actually lost. Like, I'm always a positive guy, but I mean, moving forward on this, that's that's really, really tough. You know, and and there's there's you're talking about a guy like Nick Bosa, who's already considered among the NFL's absolute best pass rushers. And, And, you know, you lose a guy like that and it's just the ripple effects throughout the entire defense are just brutal. So. I mean, eventually you got to, so, so, I mean, Kevin mentioned it. One thing we should talk, talk about before we move on is, is there was a lot of focus placed on the 49ers uh, or excuse me, on the New York Jets slash New York Giants MetLife Stadium, who apparently just got new, brand new artificial turf and starting from even before the game when the players were warming up, apparently they were complaining about it. And, and you know, obviously you can't just straightforward place the the cause of these injuries on the turf but i mean it it was in a lot of the players minds it was apparently was a really real factor croc have you ever played on artificial turf i mean you did your arena thing too so i mean what what's your experience with that yeah no i've I've played several i don't want to say like 100 games but i've played like a lot of games on artificial turf and just the biggest thing is it just doesn't give so you know on natural grass if my foot gets planted in the ground and i kind of get twisted my the grass will give typically at some point or is more likely to give than artificial turf. It, it'll give and you'll just kind of see like dirt, you know, kick up or whatever. But on artificial turf, your foot kind of gets stuck in the ground. So if you do get twisted or whatever, your 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 foot is kind of just stays planted there. And that's why excuse me. And then that's why you see some mm-hmm. of the knee injuries. Yeah, that's and that's what I was explaining. I was explaining to my girlfriend because she like she just asked. She's like, well, why? why would the turf play such a huge role in, in the injuries? And I said, well, like pretty much what Croc just said. I mean, if you plant your foot on grass and you can, you can literally plant your foot with cleats on a grass and start twisting it and you'll just tear up the grass, you know, that's all it's going to do. 
But you can't do that on artificial turf. Your foot's kind of like stuck where it is. And that's what Trent Williams said. He's like, he's like, look, especially on a brand new field that hasn't been broken in, like the moment you kind of plant your foot, if your weight goes the wrong way, you're in trouble. And the the, the thing that kind of impact or that stood out to me, what Trent Williams says, and obviously Trent Williams has been in the game for a long time. He said, he says, I wouldn't say it's dangerous, but it's really close. You know, like it's. And, well, and listen, he played at FedEx field too. So he has a history of playing on just terrible surfaces. So, uh, you know, Eric Armstead after the game saying, I have anxiety having to play here next week. There's a solution here. There's gotta be. Uh, is it very necessary to be playing at MetLife Stadium in front of zero fans right now? Or are we going to call this a freak accident? If the 49ers next week have a bunch of people tear up their knees and they're they're going to be you know, <laughs> the victims of this field, I, I think there's an argument to at least petition the league. I'm sure they're going to say no. There's obviously dozens of other empty stadiums to play in right now in the New York area. I guess the Giants can say, hey, we want to play at our own home field. You can't really do this to us. If enough players feel uncomfortable, look at what happened in the in the NBA, guys. I know this is totally this is social justice. You can't really compare this, but players can't have power right now. We're not showing up. We're not gonna play this game. Or, or you know, I I don't think the 49ers will do something that drastic, but uh it it was kind of shocking. I, I did tweet it too. I thought Greg Williams you know, we'll have to go back and look at the film, but there was so much late hitting on Jimmy G. These guys are being, it was just extra physical in, in a way that seemed dirty to me on, you know, eight to 12 occasions during the game. Like, geez, the Jets are really trying to injure the 49ers. And, um, you know, Jimmy G took a beating. He is going to be bruised up, not just his ankle. Well, and the, the crazy thing about Greg Williams, too, is I remember seeing him, what was it? Was it hard knocks with the Browns? I think, and and um, their offensive coordinator, uh, what was his name? Something Haley, I think. Yeah, Todd Haley, Todd Haley. Todd Haley, there you go. Uh, he was their offensive coordinator, and he just kept getting pissed because they kept hitting, uh, I think it was Baker Mayfield. I think he was the quarterback at the time. Um, no, I, kept yeah, I remember the senior, I remember, totally remember what you're saying here. Yeah, they kept hitting the quarterback, and he was like, hey, great great teams don't hit the quarterback. You know, he's talking about in practice. But of <laughs> course, it's true. It's 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 100% against most teams' rules. And then you just heard Greg Williams yelling off in the sideline, well, well, block him then. Block, block the guy. And it's just like, you 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 know his reputation. You hear stuff like that. And it's very easy to wonder and assume the types of things that he's said to the Jets defense about what to do to the 49ers. And for, for me, like personally, after after what he was trying to do to Frank Gore and Alex Smith um, back in that that NFC, that, that uh, playoff game, I, uh, I I really just like I can't stand the guy. I can't like, believe I, he's still in the league, to be honest, after all the stories that have come out with him. Even with the Redskins, when he was with Joe Gibbs from 2004 to 2007, they had bounties then, too. It didn't That all got covered up as well. But uh, I thought they were playing like rough on purpose today because they were at a disadvantage against the 49ers. The only way that this, the Jets can play is rough because they're just not talented. And, and the 49ers – uh, I, you know, they're injured. They're injured. I think because of the turf and because of the Jets playing style. It's football, so I, I don't want people to think I'm I'm this soft person. But it, it seems like it was a time where Greg Williams, you're right, insinuating that he crossed the line. 
who knows what he says, you know, but I, I think this, this fan base, us together, we can all vent about this dude, Greg Williams. And, uh, crap, <laughs> you know, when, when you, when you watch the film, please let us know middle of the week, what you saw, were they being vicious or was it just a normal NFL game? Cause it's so hard to tell when you're watching on the, on the TV copy Sunday. Croc, have you ever, have you ever played for a play? Well, I mean, you coach too, like me, have you ever coached against, or coached with or played for a, a coach that was like that? Uh, yeah. My my junior year in college, uh, coach, well, I don't want to say his name, but yeah, he was. I mean, we <laughs> good we for you, putting, man. Yeah, we weren't putting like bounties out on people, but he was like, I, I, you know, he was a defensive coach. I remember there was one, we had a scrimmage, and you know, we went live, and you know, live scrimmages, everybody's live except for the quarterbacks, but he said, Hey man, like if the person has a helmet on, hit their ass. Like, I don't care if it's a quarterback or who. So he was kind of that kind of coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I have heard, I have a buddy that played a bunch of years in the NFL. And this bounty thing, I, I don't think it's uh the coach Williams, he's not the only one. I, I'll just kind of leave it at that. No, I, I, mean, I, I, I believe it. put bounties out and not not so much bounties on like I don't want to say like they go after a specific player, but they do go after, you know, hey, if you, you know, you hit this person or if this person gets hurt, like they're they're they do do bounties. Like it's not just, you know, a one time thing and it just happened to be Williams or whatever. Right. He's just it, like 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 they say about a lot of things like, you know, yeah. politics, right. Politics, whatever, like the thing that comes to mind, you know, it's not that he's the only one. He just got caught, you know. Right. Right. So that's interesting. But I mean, all right. Well, I mean, turn them, turn in the corner. So it, obviously the 49ers are just going to be really kind of trying to work their way through these injuries. And I still think the 49ers have enough depth and enough talent and enough coaching to where they can, they can come back from this and, and, and they can still maintain their spot. It's, you know, obviously their, their status as far as maybe like a top five NFL team might become that of like a top 10 NFL team, you know, just because those injuries are so significant, but I could still see the 49ers finding a way to make the playoffs and still making a run. You know, they, they are going to have that, you know, let's do it for these guys sort of mentality. I mean, uh, it, not that that's what's going to take you all the way, but that that always comes out of injuries and people realizing that they now have their opportunity to step up. Um, I mean, speaking of stepping up, though, I mean, like, Kerry Hyder, a guy they essentially signed off the streets. I think he was on Dallas last year and did kind of like a whole lot of nothing. He was like, like flashing all like every single drive, you know, like he was, I just have the basic box score, but right behind, you know, for Right behind, he was right behind Fred Warner in total tackles. Fred Warner had 12. He had eight. Um, Hyder had two quarterback hits. And I guarantee you when it comes to like the pro football focus numbers where they track pressures and grades, I, I think he's probably going to do real well there. And, I mean, that's like I said, that's a guy that they essentially signed off the street that played on Dallas last year. And and he's somebody that, you know, he's not Nick Bosa yeah. and he's not D Ford, but he's somebody that could come in and it, make an, a positive impact. I thought the team played pretty damn well today. Like that's the the back page headline. The front of the newspaper is 49ers decimated by injuries. And then the little small thing is, but route the Jets 31-6. Defensive, I mean, the Jets are awful. They're absolutely awful. But the 49ers still came in undermanned and still bullied them. Most touchdown first play of the game. Defense was 
flying to the football, you know, causing deflections. Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers in the league. You saw why today. I, you know, the team played well. They responded to a loss. Jimmy Garoppolo, I, we talked about it last week. The boy who cried wolf, this fan base, every time he throws an incompletion is freaking out. I think he only had one in the first half. Here, let me let me let me get to it. I want to I want to read it off because with the amount of crap we heard about <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like it, we need to we need to we need to stay on this. Yeah, for a little bit. Straight here, yeah. Please, Rob. We need to fit. Okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo just in one half while playing essentially. Now, I couldn't tweet it necessarily, but Jimmy Garoppolo essentially injured his ankle on the first drive of the game because. The, the real first drive of the game was Raheem Mostert getting a toss and taking it to the house. So <laughs> technically it wasn't the first drive, but Jimmy Garoppolo with an, a, a high ankle sprain, which is incredibly painful. Um, he still managed to go extremely right. painful. Right. And, and, it, and like, well, I mean, you, do you have any, like, what's your recollections of that croc put paint a picture for everybody. What playing on a high ankle sprain would feel like. Oh man, my wife's right here, so she remembers the play. But uh, so what happened was uh, it was a screen, and that was backside. I don't even know why dude ran and cut me, but he just dove straight into my leg, and I thought I broke my, I thought I snapped my ankle in half. Like that was how painful it was. Like you could hear me screaming from like the top row. Like that. That's how much pain I was in, and definitely couldn't play. Uh, I couldn't really practice. I did play in the next game. What they did was they just like gave me a shot. Like and they moved me to a different position to where I just had to run like sideline to sideline, and uh, even then I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't change directions or anything. It was weird though. I could run in a straight line. I just couldn't move really laterally with it. Um, and then after that, they just put me on IR, and it, it, it was like it was an excruciating pain. It was a long recovery process. Now this is when I was in the Arena Football League. I wasn't in the NFL, so. The the rehabbing will likely be much better for Jimmy Garoppolo than it was for me at that time. You know, I mean, we had like a good solid training staff, but still not to what the NFL has. But um, it, it, it was painful. Now, you said something earlier that I really agree with, with the quarterback position, you know, after a couple weeks and, you know, they just kind of shoot him up and tape it up and everything, he could possibly play. Like, it's not like a position where, at a cornerback position where you have to backpedal, break, move laterally, run full speed with someone down the field. I, he, nah, he, he wouldn't be able to do that. But, you know, in the pocket, he he actually would probably look a little bit better than what we saw today. After his I might be sure it's a good pointer. It's a good yeah. point, Brock, because it could be two to four weeks for him instead of three to six for someone else. Yeah, uh, but, it but was you painful. Don't, you don't want him to play hobbled. I, you know, uh, just chiming in there. I've never been hurt. My listeners know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of goofy. Um, not the most athletic. Croc is our. Is no, our you issue. have been hurt, man. I saw a picture of you with your whole mouth bloody. You've been hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. That was that was off a uh, ATV. Uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, I wrecked an ATV. Um, shit, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure wrecking an ATV probably doesn't feel for for guys like us. Probably doesn't feel that different than just getting you know smashed on a football field. Probably, by, yeah. I was my defensive lineman. That was my version of the Jets game. Was me wrecking an ATV for sure. I was, <laughs> I was battered and bloody. All right. So, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, and like like we were talking about in this first half, with a high, with a high ankle sprain, who Eric Crocker has so eloquently detailed for us, still managed to complete fourteen of sixteen passes, which is eighty seven point five percent, about twenty five percent over the average. 131 yards, two touchdowns. He averaged 8.2 yards per per attempt, and with for a quarterback rating of 140.4, which I believe is about 14 points from perfect. So I mean, Jimmy looked looked good. And and what's interesting is one of his complete incompletions was a a perfectly thrown deep ball down the left sideline. Now now the DB had good coverage on Kendrick Bourne, and he kind of had to to you know. It was. It wasn't just this wide open drop, but it landed right in the bucket for Kendrick Bourne, and he couldn't. He he kind of caught it, but as he hit the ground, the ground knocked it away. So, you know, it was that was that was one of his incompletions. I can't remember what his other incompletion was, but he played an outstanding half. And I mean, obviously, if he were healthy, that would have been the uh, the Jimmy G show through four quarters. So, I mean, that was really impressive. But that just goes to show you, like. A lot of you guys, and it might be some of you, I would like to think our listeners are smarter than most of these people, but some of you guys just need to chill, like just chill out. You know what I mean? With the, with the overreactions, with the dramatic, I will never forget this. I'm, it's a story time right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to make a long story. I had a guy on Twitter and I'm not going to say his name, even though I know it. I had a guy on Twitter. The moment the 49ers beat the Rams with Colin Kaepernick that pulled them out of the number one pick. So they couldn't get, um, miles Garrett. Like I had a guy on Twitter just absolutely melt down because that happened. Like the 49ers would never win a football game again because they took themselves out of the running for the number one overall pick and miles Garrett. And obviously that, I mean, yeah, sure. That's, that's unfortunate, but it was just mind blowing to see a fan freak out this much. And it reminds me of how fans were freaking out about Jimmy Garoppolo's week one performance against what we now know is obviously a very game Arizona Cardinals team. They just destroyed Washington today. And it's just like, just calm down, just relax and and let the season unfold before you freak out. Like some of the tweets, you can just sense the amount of pressure that's on the phone crazy, from the bro. other side. The country is so polarized right now with everything going on that people are applying it to their actual 49ers thoughts too. The, the, the polarization of thoughts right now are just absurd. People are putting the craziest takes out there. One of my best friends, Bonte, is talking about Nick Mullins looking good in the second half of this game. Is there a quarterback controversy? Everyone needs to <laughs> talk out. Like the Kool-Aid right now is too saucy on Twitter. Everyone we is- have we've seen Nick Mullins in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like he, why we saw well, what happened. He he like a lot of his passes get batted down. He's he has physical limitations. He's a solid backup. I hope he starts next week. I hope he looks good. Jimmy G is the franchise. He got you within a few plays of winning a Super Bowl last year. The fact that people are forgetting this, excuse me, it wasn't even last year. It was earlier this year in February. (laughs) I get to the run game and everything. Like it wasn't him that was carrying the football team there. But guess what? He is rock solid. He's a top 10 quarterback. He's between 8 and 12. There's going to be guys better than him all the time. He's going to make shitty ass throws all the time. And he's still going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I'm, I'm sick of it. Everyone 
get yeah. off the high horse. He, he's not getting traded. This is the guy for a while here. He's solid and he might regress a little bit. He's going to be hurt, but thank you, Rob. Thank you for, for setting. <laughs> I think us three are kind of uh, stable about the situation, but, and there's, there's, yeah. you know, there, there's a deep end of Twitter and people jump off of it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rob and I, I mean, we, we went into it in depth, you know, last week on, on, on the pod and just how, like just the reactions of like now Jimmy G is, you know, 100% this guy. And it was like, a, you know, basically he's inaccurate. Uh, he can't hit guys in stride. He's he's poor um, at anticipating throws. And I'm like, like and, and then the, you know, Pettis getting open didn't help, you know, when people saw that on all 22. And I had to kind of bring it all in and just tell him, like, he doesn't trust Pettis. Like, when you trust a guy, you look to him, you throw him the ball. We saw that today. Well, I mentioned last year, Emmanuel Sanders, after being there for a week or two, I mean, he's throwing it before Sanders even gets out of his break because he trusts him. He doesn't trust Dante Pettis. And then we can see today, you know, he he has Jordan Reed out there, and he's throwing Jordan Reed the ball. Like, I don't care if you're covered. I don't care what the situation is. I am going to you. He trusts him. And, I, you know, once you trust the guy, yeah, everything looks better. And when you have that guy, and that's what a lot of other teams have, right? Like, we talk about Aaron Rodgers. Well, he has Devontae Adams, like, he trusts Devontae Adams. He knows no matter where he throws it or whatever, like Adams is either going to be open or he's going to make a, a tough contested catch. And Jimmy, you know, last week, he had guys out there that he didn't trust on that type of level. And we saw, you know, the results of it. It wasn't his best game. And again, I don't want to say just because of the receivers that were out there. He he just wasn't on. But it's just, okay, he, he had a bad game. Um, this week, I expected him to be better. Obviously, the Jets... They're not very good. <laughs> so I expect him to be better, you know, because of that. But I just thought we'd see, hey, let's just see Jimmy. And I thought Kyle Shanahan coming out did a really good job of calling plays to get Jimmy in the in the rhythm and then eventually taking a shot. I, I really liked the game plan that they came out with. And I it sucks that he was hurt because I was looking forward to them building off of that. Well, and one thing that we – and I'm going to touch on this and then we're going to get to our, our sponsors – the one thing that this again highlights and, and Jimmy has shown this so many times, whether it's on a in, in like whether it's within a game or from week to week, his ability to just bounce back. Like he had a horrible game. He knows it. And then he comes out and has almost a flawless first half and he's never lost a game. Um, I don't believe with the 49ers, he's ever lost two games in a row. Or, or something. What did I just see today? He's like, he's like five and zero after a loss, or, or something like that. Like I, I can't remember exactly what the stat is, but the point is, and he even does this in game. There's even a stat for after Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception, he's like really, really good. So the, if if the if you can take anything from last week and then kind of compare it to this week, it's just Jimmy's ability to just bounce back and like say, okay, that's in the past, whether it's a game or a throw. And then he just moves on and he went from one of the worst games we've seen him have as a 49er to, you know, one of the best halves we've seen him have. So, you know, that's just, that's, that's, there's, that's an undeniably positive trait right there, right there. Just the short memory. To kick us off with our sponsors. This is the first time I've read, I've read this, but we've got Visa coming at you guys because Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether you're there, our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. 
They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. Next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa is everywhere you want to be and it's the official partner of the NFL. And in addition to Visa, we've got Indeed. And even though sports took a break, your business probably didn't. They have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gives you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month. Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed's offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 gift card at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Shout out to Rob. He got through those pretty solid. I know we shouted out Pepsi at the beginning of the pod too. They'll be back next week, but... Yeah, you know, I started this business. I was knocking door to door on local businesses too. So it just reminds me, we have Visa now. You know, I Blue Wire started. Dude, ago, man. <laughs> man. they don't they don't get much bigger than that, man. Yeah, uh, Visa, it's everywhere. Uh, you want to be? That, that <laughs> was, it, right. I got the chills when Rob got that one. I'm like, oh, shit, man. The come up for Blue Wire is real. Uh, shout out to the listeners who have been riding. Shout out to all the new ones too. I think um, you know. There was there was some there was some positive stuff on the football field today, guys. And, there were, you know, Jordan Reed. How did we keep this guy on the field? And now I'm definitely not playing Kittle next week. I loved your tweet, Rob. You know, why even risk putting Kittle on MetLife Field if they're going to be playing there? Uh, you know, you don't want to risk any of your players. But Jordan Reed looked very solid. As Croc said, the chemistry's there. They've got to figure out a way to keep him in the rotation when Kittle's back. Yeah. I mean, he's just, dude, I mean, he's just so smooth, man. He's just a, I mean, he is a tight end and he could probably hold his own with a block here and there, but I mean, he's just a big ass wide receiver. Like any, he, and he caught like, he, I think he caught seven catches on eight targets for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Like, man, like talk about like a comeback. So, you know, you can call it a comeback because you know, if Jordan Reed has been like the only person with a worse hand than Jordan Reed is like Jason Verrett. Like you're talking about one of the, at, at a time, one of the most talented players at their position that just dealt with injury after injury. And in Reed's case, concussion after concussion, but then he just 
he just comes back like a phoenix, you know, a phoenix, they burn themselves up and then they re re they arise from the ashes. And it's like, to me, like Jordan Reed didn't even play last year because he was in such bad shape. And then he's now back in the NFL too. Kyle picked this guy uh, out of UConn. I think it was 2013, one of their last drafts in Washington and, and got him on the team. Croc, can he be the red zone guy that Kittle's not? We've talked about this before on the pod. I, you know, we'll just have to see. I think he just got favorable matchups today against the Jets. I don't know if this can be a consistent thing, but. Nah, well, yeah, Mayo, man. May is, May is typically pretty yeah. good. Uh, yeah. He's a good safety. The week sounds nice for Jordan Reed, to be honest. I would like to keep this up if Kyle can. Yeah, May is, 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 is a good safety for sure. One of the better ones in the league. Yeah, he just. I think with Jordan Reed, he's just more natural pass catcher than than George Kittle. Now he's not going to give you what George Kittle can give you after the catch, and that's what makes Kittle special as far as being able to take it like eighty yards and outrunning everybody in the secondary. But you know that short, those short to intermediate stuff, and being able to catch the ball away from his body and and adjust and the concentration there, uh, yeah, that's going to be really beneficial in the in the uh, goal line area for sure. I like and I like the way you put that because to me Jordan Reed gives you everything that George Kittle doesn't like and that's not a slight to George Kittle but George Kittle is decent at the catch point a phenomenal blocker and insane after the catch and Jordan Reed is like I said just like a big ass receiver and he's really good at the catch point I mean that second touchdown I think it was also on May right like the guy was like right there like he was in his hip but the ball from Jimmy was perfectly thrown and Jordan Reed just snatched it out of the air and then was able to get in for, for six. But, like, he's a perfect complement to somebody like George Kittle. He's he's absolutely a guy that, you know, you throw a fade to in the end zone and he'll just go up and, and out-muscle and, and outreach the other guy for the ball. And he's just, you know, if he stays healthy, and I know for the 49ers right now that is just a bridge too far, but – I mean, he, he, and I said this before the season, it's just, if that's a huge if, but if he stays healthy, like he can completely transform the 49ers offense. And I felt like even though like his yardage numbers were huge today, you started to see both him and Jarek McKinnon, two guys that the 49ers didn't even have last year are like slowly starting to put their fingerprints on an offense. And, and to me, that's the fact that yeah. Kyle Shanahan's offense could take a step forward still is 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 awesome they need more weapons and it was a little bit of a flash if he can be a weapon today i think all three of us said at the beginning of this podcast the 49ers can still make the playoffs this season it's going to be the running game if they make the playoffs and you saw moster obviously he's gonna be out for a few weeks but jet mckinnon is is solid third and 31 if that's the most demoralizing play ever, if you're a Jets fan, like seriously. <laughs> that happened to the 49ers a, a few years ago against Buffalo Bills. And I just remember turning, <laughs> I turned the channel. That was the first time, like I, I never turn off games uh, when the 49ers are playing, win or lose. But that game, I was just so disgusted. That they I picked up Caps first game back. I remember. Yeah, the- I was so disgusted. I said, "Man, so I'm pretty sure I, I know exactly how Jet fans are feeling right now, man." Oh I mean, man, that was disgusting. To see that him cut back and you know run down and feel like that, like that had to be sickening to watch if you're a fan of. of- to be honest, the, the, you know the first running play Mostert's touchdown was just beautifully blocked, and I think Kyle can scheme up a lot of teams still, and the running game as long as Jet McKinnon and. 
Raheem Mostert can stay healthy. Tevin Coleman had a terrible day. I still think he's solid. They will they will figure out ways to get him going. They're going to have to have three running backs. Guys are just going to get injured. I believe in the running game. I believe in Kyle hitting the right buttons there and Jimmy G when he's back healthy to hitting the right play action. So you're, you're seeing why this team is still going to be competitive. You saw it today. The, the run game is as dominant as any in the NFL. And if that is the case, this team will be right in the thick of it in December. Well, and it was – so just to paint this picture for you, because if, if anybody's going to sit here and, and rant about Raheem Mostert, it's going to be me. Um, but, he, like, very first play of the game, the 49ers just run a toss to the right. It's beautifully blocked. And, again, me and Crocker have talked about this. I believe there were two defenders that, if this were any other running back, would have made the tackle. But Raheem is probably the fastest running back in the NFL. And this is not hyperbole. He might also be the fastest player in the NFL or one of them. Like, I, I can guarantee you that if Raheem Mostert went and raced Tyreek Hill, it would obviously depend on the distance, but it would be a lot closer than you think it is. Because on this toss, he hit tw- over 23-plus miles an hour. The dude was almost speeding in a school zone or a neighborhood, like on foot. And he just crushes angles like he, like and you'll get Twitter replies. They're like, oh, man, but that defender took a bad angle. It's because he's running 23 miles an hour. Like, I don't know. I don't know if people understand how fast that is. But if he, Raheem Mostert ran by you and you're standing on the ground, you're going to feel his feet on the ground. Just And like so the very first play of the game was Raheem Mostert running 23 miles an hour down the right sideline for the touchdown. And what what's crazy is he had another one that was, I believe, I think it was almost the same play. Toss to the right. Could have been a run to the right. Um, and it was a 65-yard touchdown. Same thing. Just destroyed the defender's ankle, or angles, also ankles. and uh, But it was called back to a, because of a Mike McGlinchey hold. And it was a clear hold. It wasn't a bad call. And it was even a hold on a player that might have made the tackle had McGlinchey not held him. So it's just one of those things that McGlinchey was hoping he'd get away with it. And if he does, it's a touchdown. If he doesn't, then, you know, the play wasn't going to go anywhere anyway. So Raheem Mostert is just crazy, man. And, like, he, I think I saw a tweet from maybe it was a fantasy guy earlier today that just said, I think it's time to realize that Raheem Mostert is just that good. And I think we might be just right around that area now where he's not like a flash in the pan. I can't remember who it was. One of the analysts on Fox said, I think Raheem Mostert is pretty much like our, our Chris Johnson of nowadays, you know, and, and that's a really good comparison because Chris Johnson had that super weird running style too, where he wasn't a, a sharp cut guy. He, but hit he, the he, angle. he hit the angle so well. And that's what Mostert's doing too. Sorry to jump in there, Rob. No, no, you're good, uh, man. I, I'll, otherwise I'll go on for too long. Yeah, no. And I, I picked Mostert in fantasy too. I believe that he is going to be the guy this year. Hopefully he's only out for a few weeks. Um, you know, the good news is Trent Williams still is healthy. The The interior O-line has some work to do. I thought Jimmy G, if there was one thing we could analyze today, is that he he's still holding on to the football a little too long. He's got to get rid of that quicker. Um, overall, offensively, this team's going to be pretty solid as long as Kyle can do uh, the, the run blocking correctly. I'm a little worried if Akilah Weatherspoons is going to be on the field, Croc, if that's going to be – Several weeks here with Richard Sherman. Um, what was your take on him today? I, the Jets are really awful. And to be honest, the Giants are too. So this team is, to be honest, 
the injury bug came at the right time. They're not playing the best team. But are you worried about Witherspoon on the field at all? Teams are going to start picking on him is my guess. And can he handle it? Yeah, and t- today's outing was definitely under- underwhelming. And, you know, especially for somebody like me, you know, I've, I've defended the talent that Witherspoon has. But, you know, just too often is not always put together, like, you know, consistently. And, you know, this game, you saw some of that as well, where I, I just felt like, you know, it's like these, these aren't guys that are up to your caliber. You should be shutting this all down. You know, Hogan shouldn't be, you know, just catching passes on you and stuff. And, and who who was it, Berrios that, that scored the touchdown? It was a zone. He picked it up. But, you know, even at that time, man, you got to – you have to squeeze that guy and stay with him. And, and he didn't do that. It, it was just – he makes it hard for me to di- – you know, uh, to defend them. And yeah, after that, that, that game is like, all right, you know, when is, when is Verrett coming back? <laughs> you know, um, it's tough, you know, it's tough, but you know, I still, you know, I continue to have faith that, you know, he can show the talent that, that he had when they drafted him. And I thought he had, but it has been very, uh, up and down for sure. And I think it's also not to just jump right back to the running game, but it's, it's been cool to, to see Jarek, I mean, Jarek McKinnon said before his week one game that he woke up that morning and just like shed a, shed some tears because it was finally the first football game he was going to get to play in in, in two years, essentially. And, you know, he it's been cool to see him have the impact he's had. Like, like we said earlier, the 49ers had a third and 31, I believe it was, and it was just right down the middle and McKinnon. Kennan took it like 55 yards for the first down. And, and I, I know I tweeted something along the lines of just how, just how they drew it up because I'm pretty sure they <laughs> were sure that the drive was over. Um, and then it ended up going, I think it, that ended up driving drive ended up going for a field goal. So, you know, and it was, it was, it was just, it's so tough to, to talk about this game and not just be immediately brought back down to earth by the injuries. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's just sucks, man. Imagine being as shitty as the Jets. Imagine (laughs) it could be worse. Like this team is like, we're sad because they have good players and the good players got hurt. If you're a Jets fan, you, you, I don't think you have your franchise quarterback. I don't think you have your head coach. You know, Le'Veon Bell was out. You bet a lot of money on him. It's not working out. Uh, what C.J. Mosley sitting out this year because of the the virus? You that that they're in disarray. So the bright side is, listen, the 49ers have graduated over a hump that even they're going to have devastating inj- injuries and still possibly make the playoffs. So I think, yeah, I'm I'm bummed too. You'll probably hear it in our voices because we're recording on Sunday. But overall. This team's not the Jets anymore. They're not the Giants. They've they've made this leap pretty quickly with Kyle Shanahan, and they're they're not going anywhere. As long as they have Kyle, they're going to be an upper echelon team. Thank God. Well, and the the big thing with me is is Nick something like Nick Bosa's injury. It puts more pressure on the offense than it does the defense because if you lose somebody, the 49ers were in elite and elite defense last year. You lose a Nick Bosa. Um, obviously Solomon Thomas, I'm not, no slight to him was not a huge part of the impact. He was going to be kind of like a key rotational player this year, but you know, you're not, you're not really, that that loss doesn't have anywhere near the impact of a Bosa. So the 49ers were in an elite defense. You lose Bosa. They're still a very solid defense, you know, pending they get Richard Sherman back and, and everybody else stays healthy. Fred Warner looks like one of, if not the best linebacker in the NFL right now. Um, I mean, he was just all over the field, especially on like 
critical third and fourth downs. But to me, it's going to be a matter of the Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo finding a way to make sure this offense can stay out of the head of the game. And one of the big things that just hit me right now is like maintaining drives. You know, you don't have to put up points every time, but maintaining your drives that way a defense that's already after week two feeling the, the heat doesn't have to be on the field for any more than they already need to. So, it, it, you know, that that to me is the, the big pressure point going forward is, you know, how long is Jimmy G going to be out? And can Kyle Shanahan get this offense to a point where, you know, they can sustain drives and, and help this defense? They're going to have to just outpace opponents and try and keep their defense off the field. Yeah, I, I would like to see them, you know, bring some help in for the pass rushers. You guys mentioned, you know, Gary Hyder, um, and you know, obviously, you know, Bosa being now, but there's, you know, some free agents. I think Clay Matthews. I think he could really help as a situational pass rusher. Uh, right now, it looked like they went more to Armstead, just kind of staying at that defensive end spot. But I think if you want to start sliding him back inside and in those uh, sub package situations, like passing situations. Um, maybe bringing in the guy, you know, obviously they, you know, they brought in Ansa, but Clay Matthews too, man, like that, that could be somebody that can really kind of just help. I want to say he had what, eight sacks last year. Is so it's not like he's just going to play inside or does he have some type of ability to play outside too? Who? who? Kinlaw. Oh no, he, yeah, now nah, he's, he's, I mean, that's 330 pounds. He, he's, yeah, inside. that's what I thought. Yeah. But he he moves so quick on his first step. It's like, dude, I would love to see him on the outside. But I, yeah, you're right. That's that's he ain't gonna be able to dip and bend and and yeah, (laughs) got no bend at that that weight. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. Clay Matthews seems like a fit. They brought in Mohamed Sanu quickly, got him integrated on the field. Feels like you know they they have a little bit of cap room. Why not throw another body? But again, our new boy here, Kerry. Oh, I get his last name wrong. God, I need to do some more studying. Hyder. Kerry Hyder. Hyder. There you go. I think Rob said it perfectly. Coming in off the streets, really, with no expectations. And I I think he gets featured a lot more. I think, can he fully take over for Bosa? No. I think you're going to see him getting more and more snaps each week. Well, I'm, I'm trying right now to look up, look up like, current free agents, you know, of, of, of at that position. But I'm just not – I'm not exactly – I haven't done any homework on it whatsoever. I'm not sure who they're going to be able to bring in to uh, to kind of compliment them. The one thing that I haven't mentioned yet is I would really like to know where Ronald Blair is in his process because, you know, it, it's getting to the point where, you know, his, his ACL – I know I think, he, I think he tore his ACL in December and we're now in late September. So you think he'd be starting to inch closer to that 100% range. I, I don't know, and I should know. I don't know the, the the all the ins and outs of the pup list and when he's allowed to come back. Um, I don't remember if that's an anytime thing or if he must miss the first eight games type of thing. Um, but that's somebody that that we haven't really talked about yet that was playing really really well last season um, before his torn ACL. I mean, he tore his ACL while he was sacking Russell Wilson, so he was. He was playing really well, and that is somebody that could come in and rotating with a guy like Kerry Hyder. You know, they could they they could not realistically erase Bosa's impact because he's that good, but maybe make it to where there's not just this fun, you know monumental drop off. So I really I would really like to know where where um, 
Ronald Blair is in the process. And then you also on the same list have Julian Taylor, who would be able to step in for Solomon Thomas place. I just, I don't know the health of these guys. I don't want to speculate. Um, but that's two players that could instantly step in that have already kind of flashed from time to time, some potential. And, you know, it would just give them the opportunity to, to become something great. So, you know, who, who knows, but I'm just, I'm really just not sure what their status is. Yeah. The D-line is still a strength. I'm more worried about the corners without Nick Bosa. And I think that's the ripple effect that you'll see. I think they'll still be able to get some pressure, but Bosa was able to just blow up plays all the time. Well, and, that was the issue on the, on the, on the touchdown on that Witherspoon gave up. I mean, that was an extended play, you know, rolling out and, you know, nobody's really expected to cover for that long, but, you know, when you're, when you're down all these pass pressures and there's no D forward and Bosa out there or, you know, like those are the things that are, are a little bit more prone to happen. Right. Right. I don't know. Did anybody have any, uh, anybody has any closing thoughts? I mean, I think for, for a first reaction, Croc and I will touch on this a bit more in depth tomorrow, but um, I don't know. I th- I mean, I think that's all I have. You guys have any, anything else you want no, to throw I think this is good. Yeah. Overall, the air is out of the balloon. But the still have the balloon can still hopefully put them. <laughs> but they still have the balloon. <laughs> yeah, they didn't fly up to the, you know, it's not gone. It's still the 49ers are holding on to it. But it is, yeah, the air is not fully inflated. The team is a little deflated. They're be, they're in West Virginia for the next couple of days, hopefully petitioning the league to, to not play at MetLife Stadium. But yeah, I think this is this is good, Rob. This was a solid episode. Just recapping all the injuries. Some of the bright stuff, Jordan Reed was solid. And then, yeah, Croc, your boy Witherspoon, can he get it together? He's he's going to be on the field, it looks like, the next couple of weeks. I don't know if, if Croc's, Croc's just as much of an optimist as I am. And if he's not optimistic, then, then I got nothing to say. So, <laughs> yeah, um, We'll see, man. Opportunity knocks. We'll see. But uh, thankfully, like, like you guys have said, and this will be our, our closing point, is uh, the 49ers might have really taken it in the teeth when it comes to injuries, but they've got some pretty easy games coming up, something where they can kind of find their footing. Guys who aren't used to be to playing what they're about to play will we'll get to, you know, kind of be broken in and and we'll see where they are. You know, they got the Eagles, uh, they got the Giants this week, and then the Eagles coming up after that back at home. So it's it's an interesting stretch where the 49ers can still, you know, work themselves back into a, a playoff caliber team. So that's it for us today. I appreciate, as always, I appreciate everybody who's who's listening, everybody who's who's helped make Strike and Gold uh, what it's become. Um, I know we podcasted five times last week, and we're planning on podcasting probably four times this week at least. So if you are one of the uh, the you know our own group of faithful that have been tuning in every time, I appreciate you guys. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Rob underscore Louder. L-O-W-D-E-R. I think Kevin, what are you, Mr. Kevin Jones on Twitter? Is that what is that your is that your handle? He, Kevin's already left. He's already gone. Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. Excuse me. <laughs> and then you have uh Eric underscore Crocker. So hit us up. I, I always really like when fans um hit us up after a show and just make random little comments about we think things we said on the pod. So if you feel like it, hit us up. Let us know how you're feeling. Hopefully it's not it's not too horribly considering they had a blowout win. But for another week, this is Striking Gold signing out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I hope they leave it in. I hope they leave it in. Anyway, <laughs> the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship features all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Shout out BetOnline. All right, guys. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.